the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. My daughter had her uh, 40th birthday yesterday. I'm hoping that her period of mourning is, is fast and that she can get past it and have no problem. I told her, well, you've, you've hit the pinnacle now. You're, you're now starting down the other side of the hill. <laughs> yeah, that's what you get. Dad just going to tell her. I told her getting old ain't for sissies. That's what I told her. Getting old ain't for sissies. Hey, uh, seven minutes after six here on uh, the Dave Ellswick Show at 1011 FM. The uh, the answer in the studio, Artie Hopper. You hear his voice. It's been, uh, what, 11 weeks since you've been here? It's been a while. It's been a while. And uh, we've got a special guest with us. David Ray is here. Thanks for coming in right. early in the morning. Hey, no well, problem. Yeah. I have no idea how you do this every morning. <laughs> I get up at three thirty. I well, I am to come not into the studio. Yeah, I'm not fully awake right now, so I'm going to go ahead and apologize in advance. <laughs> Good, so when did so when did you stop beating your wife? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just, just, I'm just kidding. I'm joking. See, that's a, that's an old reporter joke. When did you stop beating your wife? I never beat my wife. Yeah. So when did you stop? I've <laughs> you heard know? that one before. Yes, that is that's when that's that's that gotcha moment that they try to do all the time. All right, so. Uh, it's going to be a beautiful day today. They're saying that it's going to be kind of a repeat of yesterday. Uh, from what I understand, it is 78 degrees right now outside. It's beautiful outside. Perfect. This is my. Now we're getting into my weather. It's June 1st. It's time to get hot, and I'm all about that. I'm all about that. Now, both of, by the way, both of these guys are looking at me weird because I've got to go to you now. <laughs> Something totally different. It's a new from, look, Dave. It is a new look, Dave. And I started growing this when I had to do my show in my dining room. You kind of have a little bit of the Walter White look going on, you know, from Breaking Bad. Yeah. So I do not make meth. <laughs> I, just, I just want everybody to know I it's do not make meth. I do not have a double wide somewhere. Okay. I'm not doing that, uh, that kind of stuff. But the, the I kind of want it to get a little wider, you know. I get that, uh, I don't know, maybe a little bit of uh, Colonel Sanders look. No, it's a good look. If they give me look. the give me the special recipe, it'd be cool. It'd be cool. Now Jan Morgan's supposed to be coming in. I'm sure she's listening right now because I'm I'm thinking she probably pulled herself out of bed by now. So Jan, give us a call. Let me know that you're coming. Paul Calver to be here next hour with us, and by phone we'll have Alice Stewart. She's going to join us. And in the final hour today, Iverson Jackson will join that's us. That's great. Because I want to talk to him about all this craziness that's going on in the world right now. And he'll have some good w- words of wisdom for us. So I'm looking I, forward I think to talking he, to him. Yeah, I, I really look forward to hearing what he has to say. I think, you know, 
I, I know Iverson, and um, you know, I think as a as a pastor, he probably has some um, valuable and unique perspective on this. And um, so, yeah, looking forward to hearing him. Always yeah, good to hear he, Alice too. Uh, he I'd has be the right source here, of authority for right and wrong. The yeah. source of authority for right and wrong that we. Uh, wrote the Declaration of Independence that we referred to yeah, as a God-given rights and uh, also the source of authority for writing a constitution, I believe. So that's the foundation of what this country was built on was was God's word. Be careful. Yeah. Be careful and, about uh, what you're saying here, son. Uh, hey, I'm I'll just kidding. You but, hey, Iverson, <laughs> he's, not, he's not going to be careful about saying what's no, right and wrong. No. He's not going to be careful about it. Well, I want to. I'm going to have a meeting with him after he's on the air because, in the back of my mind, I think that we need a peace, unity, justice march. Did you hear those three words? Peace, unity, and justice. Okay, I think we all understand the injustice that happened in Minneapolis. We all know the injustice that happened there. I mean, they took one of the, the, the three inalienable rights, for sure, that they're given to us, and that is the right to life from that gentleman. That's got that, Those kind of things got to stop. And that the man who did that, I think, uh, I heard that uh, Trey Gowdy saying, now he should face first-degree murder. I, do, I think you'd have a hard time proving, you know, that they, he, he was planning to kill the guy. But uh, at least second degree, and the four that they fired, I think they're I think they're complicit in it. They could have pulled that guy off of that guy. I, hey, the the way I was raised, if you see something going wrong, you stop I've had it. Teachers telling me, I had a fifth grade teacher, Mister Rose. He says, "Hey, if there's something going wrong on the playground and somebody's out of bounds, you go ahead and you stop it yourself." Yeah. there's not always someone else there to do it so you take care of itself and if you get in trouble for taking care of it it's always do the right thing that guy was not doing the right thing and the other one should have held him accountable uh legislators okay. ought to do the same thing yeah anybody I, I ought to do the same thing if someone's doing something that's not acceptable then uh, the people there that know about it need to deal with it hey heidi would you unlock the door again jan is downstairs wanting to come in Heidi and, has uh, the secret button. She ha- yeah, we got a button up here now. They yeah. don't have to go down the seven floors and open the door for you guys. That's great. She's got the magic finger now. She just pushes a button. They didn't have that when I left here. I have not been in this studio for 11 weeks. Wow. We're back. It has totally been uh, taken care of. You don't have to worry about getting anything. See, look at They didn't find my stash. All right. I got my Lysol. Now, it says it kills 99.9% of virus and bacteria. I'm assuming that means it will take care of COVID-19. <laughs> yeah, or at least there's just a 0.01% chance. Yeah, there's a, yeah, well, that's enough to shut a state down. That's, I'm just saying. Yes, yeah, enough for everybody to stay in bed. <laughs> and a whole lot of people have been doing that. And we're, we're finally getting uh, getting through that. I'm hoping phase two will start soon here in Arkansas. I mean, my I was watching Rick Bazette. He sent out a special note to all the membership of the church saying, uh, until phase two, we're not going to do this. Because did you hear some of the things they got to do at churches right now? If they want to have, you got you to make a list of all the people that are attending and stuff. 
papers, please. You know, I'm just I, saying. Was that law passed by the House and the Senate? Of course not. Well, I'm sorry. Yeah. Excuse me. Yeah. I just. I, I don't think it's law. I've got. Well, I've got some to. questions about all this, and there's going to be some. Do you think, David, that there will be some long discussions about what is the authority of the executive in a situation like this, and where 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 does where does the legislative have to fit into all of this? Yeah, look, I think a lot of the a lot of the rules that are the the guidance and the the directives, particularly that are being promulgated by Department of Health, um, you know, are happening in a hurry. Um, A lot of look, I, I. I don't doubt for a second that it's all being done with the best of intentions. You know, they're trying to stop the spread. Well, you know what they say about the road to hell, right? Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Very contagious virus. Uh, But at the same time, you know, you you can't – some of it does – it strains common sense when you think about it. Um, You know, so, yeah, look, I I think there's – it's given a lot of people some heartburn. and So in the next uh, – general session you think you might be thinking about passing some legislation that deals with these type of situations well look i I don't think there's going to be any shortage of ideas for (laughs) i think you're right how to you know how to constrain the size and scope of government there i don't think there's any doubt about that so how how about equal powers well that's the key equal powers i believe is the three branches Equal powers. Equal powers. That's what it's supposed to be, isn't it? Sure. Co-equal branches. Yeah, we inherited this system. The Democrats were driving the bus for a long time, and the Democrats kind of had it to where it's not equal powers, and I think there's some balancing to do between the branches. I agree. I think that that's going to have to be done, and I've talked to a lot of legislators. They believe that as well. In fact, I guess next week, because I've got this week's just about filled up, but uh, next week, maybe I can get three or four people in here and we can talk about that. Maybe I can get the speaker to come in. And do we even know? Is it? Do we know who's going to be the head of the Senate yet, or or are the Republicans still fighting about it, David? Do you know? Well, Senator Senator Hickey was elected as okay. Senate, as President Pro Tem. Okay, so you figure that that's going to stay that way, or or is there going to be a throwdown yet to be done? I mean, there's a meeting I, June 15th. Look, I don't I don't have any reason to believe that it's going to change okay although you know i guess anything's technically possible but <laughs> all the senators that i talk to personally the senators that are in my district that i talk to regularly are very happy to have senator hickety hickey in that position okay that's great yeah, hello yeah. jan morgan hey how it's are good you to today? see you again I, I almost didn't recognize you with all this you like that beer. yeah my wife a, loves it i couldn't believe look. she actually said she likes it and yeah. i said okay I, Yes. Colonel it's, it's Sanders a, here. No, I'm I think it makes you look younger. Does it? Yes. Well, I am about, young. About 10 years. <laughs> I am young. Yeah, you know, somebody, <laughs> I was doing a Facebook Live of a, last night. I went downtown in Hot Springs to do some lives on the protesting. How many did you have place. in Hot Springs? Uh, well, it depends on what time of day. Earlier in the day, <laughs> there were probably 100, 150 people down there. Okay. By 10 o'clock last night, it had narrowed down to about oh no no oh, it, it was less down. it was okay. less by about i don't know 50 people so but it was peaceful protest well that's i talked good. to a police officer at the scene and he said all day nothing but maybe one or two people with weed 
no yeah. violence, no vandalism, no nothing. But my whole point in saying that was during the live feed, I, I saw, you know how you can see people's comments. Right. And somebody said, you look old. Oh, and come I on. And I said, I am old. <laughs> Fifty-seven. So, so yeah, they strike so. at you with ageism. <laughs> yes, but you look. I like this whole thing you've got going on. Looks good. All right, we got eighteen minutes after six. Traffic weather here on the Dave Ellswick Show, one hundred one one FM. The answer. All right. So, uh, just to let you know, this is the first time I've been back in the studio for eleven weeks. June first, we're back in the studio. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to have R.D. back. I'm glad to have Jan back. It's great to see them again. It's great to see David Ray again. It's great, great to, to see everybody again. It's, 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 we see can't people. hug. We don't, we don't get to hug yet. Yeah, can't, can't give you I a, just want to let everybody know. You can hug if you the want. The studio has been disinfected. <laughs> but that was before I came Let in. Let me show you. Now look. look. <laughs> I had this hidden. Where did you find that Lysol? I, I got you it. cannot buy That's that anywhere. This, I'll trade this for... Like a big cube of toilet paper. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. I'm looking at the folks that are, are watching on uh, Facebook, and today when they come to Facebook, there's actually somebody in the studio yeah. to look at. It's been there's been like tumbleweeds kind of blowing across the yeah, we've got about you know that. Folks in yeah, there now on that. Facebook. Now I just I just posted it live. Yeah, I just Good. posted it live from my page. Yes. Yes. I like that. Thank you big for joining critter. us. We're glad to have you here. But uh, this is my breakfast. Uh oh, zebra cake. Did you put on the COVID fifteen? That ever... no, I did not. Go... Okay, well I, I can't not... tell with that shirt on. It looks okay. Oh, you're sucking your stomach in. <laughs> I always suck my stomach in. Okay. What guy you... doesn't suck their stomach in? Unless you're, you know, unless you can't. Yeah. Unless you. Hey, don't we've have got a, a big event together coming up next yeah. weekend. Yeah, we're going to be doing uh, Trump's birthday. President Trump's birthday rally downtown. I'm hoping to have another another kind of event. Uh, Iverson Jackson's going to be on at 8 o'clock, one of my favorite people. I love him. He's going to be on with us, and I want, I'm want i going to talk to him after I get off the air because I want to have a march. Mm, okay. Peace, unity, justice. Right. That's what I want to have. That's what I want to have. And I want to see <laughs> thousands of people willing to we'll, – we'll go to the Capitol well, you, and do it. Do you think things are well, going to be cleared what? up by then? Yes. Yeah. You, you know what? I think – Peace, unity, and justice. I think you got ninety eight percent, Dave. Yeah, it's a really good. It's, thing. it's a ninety eight percent. There's always going to be that one percent or one and a half percent of the socialist riffraff that wants to break into stores when they get a chance and steal stuff. You know, you bringing that up, it makes me think of in 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 the Soviet Union uh-huh. when the Bolsheviks overthrew it. Uh, that's right. Yeah. Isn't, that, isn't that what that kind of reminds you, David? Populism, as you watch television, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, it, it, some of the stuff that it, I've never seen it in my lifetime. Some I of the have. See, that I've seen, seen this TV. crap before. Mm-hmm. Well, sure, uh, you were around in 1968. Yeah, 67, long, hot summer. Yes, Actually, I Dave's remember been all that. a lot longer than that. Yeah, That's you're right. I have been. I have been. continued into the early 70s, a lot of it. But L.A. was sad what happened in the 60s in L.A. that people tore down their own neighborhoods. Well, going through the 90s and with Rodney King. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's terrible out there for that one, but uh, I and that's something I don't understand. Yeah, you have somebody's got to sit me down and explain this. Why does burning your house make sense? That's to me. That's 
cutting your nose off to spite your face. Mm-hmm. How about burning down the gas station down the road that where you buy gas? Every well, that's day? what I'm saying. I mean, you these know, are criminals. These people yeah. do not need a microphone. They do not need yeah, you, but, but, a voice no, piece. See, they I, need to be put you, in jail. Ah, uh, come on, Artie. No, okay, the, the but there are a lot of protesters of who do who did the right thing. Yes, they that's simply good. during the daytime. Well, you got to draw a distinction between the people. And those are the people that we gave the mic to. Those are the people I gave the mic to last night. Of course, there weren't any bad people in Hot Springs, but they and they they hate they hate the fact that people are exploiting. Yes. George Floyd. That's what they're doing to to use it as an excuse to commit crimes. If you're walking out of a, of a store with a plasma TV you're and saying that you're doing it in the name of Mr. Floyd. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like peeing on his grave. I'm just telling you, that's exactly what that's like. So speaking of Floyd, how, how do you feel about the fact that the officer who had his knee in the neck um Got third degree charges. I think it should have been second degree. Yeah, that's what I was. Well, first degree is hard to prove. I don't know what his state of mind was. I know mm-hmm. I, I can't. But second degree, that's that's very easily proven. I believe. Mm-hmm. I think second degree. What about and, the other officers? And the other four should have been complicit. They could have stopped that. I'm just oh, saying yeah, those other no officers doubt. could they have to be stopped charged. that. I Accessory. think they will be charged. Yeah. Accessory to Grab murder. him and pull him off of the guy. Right. Number the, one, you don't yeah. keep your knee on the guy's neck after you've got him handcuffed. Right. You don't have to. He's under control. The investigation is still ongoing. Yes. And I believe the the others will be charged with something before it's over. I but, hope you know, so. we, we do have to... Trust the process at some time. Oh, I do. And uh, I'll wait. And uh, and like the, I was talking about, Jen, those aren't the people. We have a constitutional right to protest peaceably. We have mm-hmm. a right to do that in this yes, country. We do. Men, we were Memorial Day was not too far b- behind us. We don't need to forget mm-hmm. Memorial Day and the men that, and women that died to have the freedom for to have peaceable marches. Absolutely. And, uh, we got a caller. Guys, want to talk to somebody? Walter, yes. Walter is in Hot Springs. Hey, Walter, how are you today? Hey, I'm doing very well. Fantastic. What you got for me today? Um, hey, Jan, how you doing? Um, Hi, how are you? Well, we I'm know who well. you called to talk to. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Uh, well, I frequent uh, Jan's shooting range all the time. But anyway, um, basically... Um, what I was calling in to just kind of just give my input about um, very specifically, what would you call the Boston Tea Party? Would you call that like a protest? Um, because America was colonized and we weren't, you know, getting representation. So they decided to actually damage goods to, you know, to show they threw the tea into the harbor, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay, and so basically, I'm not supporting any kind of looting or or any of that. Um, but if if you see something going on, like at the surface, you to to not agree with it, but to still understand like why it's happening is a different story. You know what I mean? Like you could still not agree with what's going on, which I don't. But at the same time, I totally agree. Or uh, I'm sorry, I totally understand with what with why it's happening. You know, if that makes. However, sense. let so, me just say you 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 said a hey. A, you, no wait, you said yeah, so. I'm you not said, supporting. No, okay, at, I understand at, at you're not, not supporting. But here's the key of what you said. 
to set up what you were saying. You said without representation. Guess what? Every person's out on the street burning places has the ability to go to the ballot box and help change things. So they have representation. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And 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 like I said, I am totally. I am not for you know cutting your nose off to spite your face. I totally agree with you. What you said in the comment earlier, like that. That's basically what that is. I. You can't burn down your own your own things and expect you know to be able to reap some kind of benefit. That's that. correct. That doesn't make sense. So basically, just what I you know to just make a long story short. Thank you guys for taking my call. Yeah. And you know, a protest is always going to be polarizing. There's going to be it's going to cause some kind of uproar. So those guys, like I said, I, I get it. It's 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 very difficult to kind of just. Uh, put out here in like a two-minute segment, you know, but I think I, most of the callers will probably, you know, understand, hopefully, what I'm saying, like I said. So, I, no, I understand what you're you saying. Guys, yeah, I, I agree yeah. with people going to the streets. Yeah. I and, have and no it, problem that people are marching because of, of what has happened. You should be marching about what happened. But you shouldn't be lighting people's businesses on fire and throwing Molotov cocktails. And I've seen this happen before, okay? I've seen it happen. We'll come back. We'll talk more about it. we got to get to the news. David Ray is here. We're going to talk to him about some other things, too. 25 minutes till 7. Phone lines are open, 823-0965. Okay, let me give that to you again. 501, because people say I talk too fast when I give the numbers. 501. 823-0965. There, thank you. I put it in my feed. Good. You You need to update people on the late, because I did not know the latest video footage that's been released. Yeah, there's there's video footage that's come out that evidently when Mr. Floyd is in the back seat after he's been detained, of some police officers throwing punches in the back seat. So... There's more to come about this, mm-hmm. whether whichever side it comes on. All right. The coroner has said he didn't die from asphyxiation and, and, and whatnot. Asphyxiation. Yeah. Mr. Biden, Biden, if everybody knows who he is, he's a very, very fa- famous um, got undertaker. Is that the right word? Coroner? I guess coroner, coroner. is the right yeah. terminology. Uh, he's coming in to do an independent look at what went down it's very possible he didn't die of asphyxiation but if you got heart disease and a whole lot of other things wrong with you you can die yes but if you notice the coroner who did the autopsy the he used the word uh i believe it was exacerbated yes uh or either he had underlying heart conditions and some other things and also possible intoxication and that those things that the incident exacerbated the situation. So it, it, even though they are stopping short of saying asphyxiation caused his death, yeah, the guy was alive before somebody put a That's knee in exactly his neck. Right. That's my point. Absolutely, it's like saying that you died of COVID nineteen when you had six other underlying health conditions. Just saying, I'm just saying. Do you know that the the uh, manual for law enforcement in Minnesota? allows an officer to put a knee in the neck as long as there are certain circumstances present, none of which 
were going were on. Going on. Yeah, you know, I, did, I never that. saw of all the video I've seen. I've never seen that guy ever show any inkling to fight with the police. He well, was compliant. Well, there's, there's no reason to use excessive force like that anyway. He was in handcuffs. That's what I'm saying. He was in handcuffs, and he was compliant. They use excessive force, and and just like breaking into buildings, you. Two wrongs do not make a right. right. But just because someone else does something wrong does not give you permission to do something wrong. Someone has to be held to a higher standard, and our police officers do have to be held to a standard. And I believe there will be a thorough investigation, and we'll have to trust the system to serve justice. And if you don't like the system, go to the polls. Get involved with it. You, Run for said, office. Join a party. You, you said know. that you expect the protesting, you expect all this to be over with before the rally, the Trump down. rally yes. the next weekend. Well, no, I'm not going to say that. Oh, but you did that say be, that. that. You may, did say that. That may be <laughs> enough. That may be enough to trigger some people. Well, I think that because I was asking the protesters last night, what is your end result? What are you looking for? At what point are you going to stop this protesting? And their answer, 100% across the board, was the rest of the officers charged. Uh-huh. So uh, until those guys are charged. We'll have to see what happens on that. All right. David Ray, I want to talk about something. I want to talk about a couple of things here in the state real quick. We got a caller, right? Who is it? You can you can talk on the air, Heidi. Bob in Little Rock. All right. Let's talk to Bob then. Let's do Bob first. Bob, how are you? Hey, I'm good, Dave. What's uh, up? Good morning. Morning to well, you. Yeah. My opinion is that officer was acting out deliberately in front of the people because they were videoing him. I think he was uh, sneering at them and showing them that I'm the man, and the more you want to take my picture, the longer I'm going to make it painful on your friend. Well, I say this much, then that's the most unprofessional police officer I'd ever talked to. Very poor decision, if that's the case. Yeah, it was a bad decision, you know, as far as that goes. All right, appreciate your call. You're right. You know, you could be right. Seriously, you could be right, but it was the wrong thing to do. I mean, just let's all, I think we all can understand and we can all agree what that officer did was wrong. Absolutely, 100% wrong. And it was wrong for the other officers to do nothing as far as I was concerned. Amen. Yeah. All right. You don't. And, and for you who are burning buildings and stuff and shutting down I-630 and all that, you don't repay evil with evil. I'm just telling you. You know, Jesus te- taught that. You don't you don't repay evil uh, with evil. All yeah. right. Now, back to David Ray here. I want to get I want to get this in because it's important we get it in. David, uh, you believe that there's going to be some movement within uh, the uh, legislature to try to get co-equal branches of of government in this state again i think that the governor's office has too much power now i think a lot of that was taken from the legislature do you believe that the with the change some of the changes that we've seen for instance you uh coming into the legislature that we'll see some big pushes for that get back to co-equal yeah absolutely look i'm i'm hopeful that the legislature continues to take steps to to be more co-equal to exercise the authority that they've been given by the people i mean the legislature is uh the people's branch of government they're the the branch of state government that's most closest to the citizens um and look i think that it 
it creates a a healthy tension in state government when the all the, all the various branches of government check each other and and hold them accountable. I think that's you know that's the point of our system of checks and balances. Well, it's supposed to work. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, seriously, it's the way it's supposed to work. And uh, I think that you guys need to write some legislation up that lays out that the legislature has to be involved with some of these decisions to close down businesses and and, and a lot of things that have been going on now. I'm not saying that that I go against what happened at the very beginning because we did not know what we were up against. We really did not. The Chinese made it very clear they didn't want to give us any information. So they yeah. they I guess they overreacted is what I could say. Sure, erred on the side of caution. Yeah, that's that's the right terminology. But after a couple of weeks, now it's time to take the foot off the brake. At least that's the way I felt. Yeah, look, we're going to have to live. It's becoming increasingly apparent that we're going to have to live with this virus for quite some time. It's probably not going to go away. It's There's a decent chance it's going to come back in the fall. And, you know, I think, honestly, the the single area of focus that is most commonly overlooked and we don't get enough reminders from our 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 elected leaders about this is the aspect of personal responsibility and you know that's i just think why would they do that as an individual citizen they want us to think that we can control ourselves and the government has to do it all for well and there but there's there's uh there's so many things about this virus that we don't know for certain but we do know that social distancing works, um, and so you know. Look, I um, I have just tried as an individual citizen to do my responsibility to um, follow the follow the best guidance that we have and try not to contribute to the spread of the virus. That sounds like me. You know, I whenever I go out, I carry my gun. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Stay six feet away. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. All right. Thank you. Go ahead. I sent a text to Cameron Cooper out of my district in the house, and Cameron Cooper uh, told me he had been looking into this situation with some of the other people about the unbalanced powers. Apparently, this goes back to a 1973 Emergency Services Act. Okay. Then the legislators cannot call an emergency session without approval from the governor at this point after that was passed. So to change that, it looks like that that would have to come through a vote of the people to change the Constitution. Okay. So uh, they're definitely looking into this because I've contacted all of my senators and legislators that I knew. They're definitely looking into this. They've already come up with two proposals. Uh, One of them would be a constitutional amendment that would have to go before the people. And another one, maybe they can do by passing a law themselves to say that uh, that they can uh, maybe uh, call a special session. But if something's going on, our legislators should, with a certain number of votes, be able to call an emergency session to deal with something without having to get permission from the governor. Yeah, Jen wants to I got to say something. <laughs> Go ahead. Jen. You know, there's For a big sure. no. There's a big blow up in Texas right now because Republican Governor Greg Abbott decided with his executive power to spend $294 million on a contact tracing program. Now, 
Governor Asa Hutchinson has called this task force together, and contact tracing is one of the things that's included in their list of things to study. I'm curious about how you feel about that, David. And also, why why is a Republican, any Republican elected official, even considering the possibility of contract tracing when the Republican Party policy has come out back in April and said contact tracing is unconstitutional? We don't support that. Well, why would they start following the uh, Arkansas Republican uh, Rules and Platform Committee. Why should they start doing it now? <laughs> because I mean, because in Arkansas, we've thing. got a whole movement of people calling out Republicans who are counterfeits. That's no, well, why. That, well, that, that's exactly right. You, yeah. People need to get out the uh, platform of it's the a Republican Fourth Amendment Party issue. Of, of Arkansas. And so, uh, David Ray knows it's for small government, local government, the yeah. best decisions. Limited government, yes. Limited so government. What, tell me, I, I must have missed this. What mm-hmm. was the the the, the, the reason national, he missed it is because the Governor Hutchinson, Party or? it was the Republican, I can, I can, I shared a link to it. The Republican Party policy uh, committee came out against that. But, but at even the state, if, at but the even state if, level? No, or? this is national. That's okay. national. But even if they didn't, David, it is a Fourth Amendment violation. You, you have a right to privacy, a right to, to, to due process. And for someone to take, and it's also a HIPAA violation. For any government entity to share your medical information with other people who might be yeah. in a in a store around you, and here's my thought, and even if they said, well, but we're only gonna, we're not gonna, it's not gonna be mandatory for you to participate in contact tracing. Well, if if you don't force the people to participate, in it, who is who in the world is gonna say, I want everybody to know that I've been tested for coronavirus and I tested negative or I tested positive, and so that we all have to participate. So when you, I mean, how are you gonna are you gonna tell people you can't have access to government services if you don't be tested and if you don't allow us to release your results? How about uh, pull your license to your business? Yeah, pull your license to your business, not allow yeah, you to yeah, open. Exactly. I, I mean, they're just all kinds of, it's like this humongous slippery slope. Well, sure it is. Yeah. But we've been allowing the slippery slope for a long time well, Yeah, now. but my, my, my thought now is, why is, are we where, even, How do we stop it? Why are you even considering it? Yeah, how do you I'm stop gonna, it? Yeah, I'm going to pull this I, up for you so you can. Okay. I think there's good so, people working on it. All right. So, David, you think that there's going to be legislation? Are are are, do, are you got something going on in your head about it? About about uh, having something on on the books, so to speak, that says here's what you do in the case of like COVID nineteen ish type situations. In terms of contact tracing, or no, no. What can the what can how much power should the governor oh, term, have oh, okay. to yeah. continue to hold to keep uh, the whole state? Yeah, down. so I know that there are several legislators currently in office who are working on proposals and having discussions with other legislators about proposals. Um, I think one of those, and I don't want to um, talk too much about private conversations that I've had, but uh, a lot of those discussions, I think, extend around the idea of the length of time that a state of emergency can can just continue to persist without legislative approval um i think that's like in wisconsin like in oregon they got like 28 days okay yeah i'm not familiar with those two states and their their particular rules but it would be something like that you know that that after x number of days whether it's you know 30 days or whatever 
Now the um, legislature has to convene and in and, order to continue that. Yeah. yeah right. Okay. So I'm, I'm I'd like to. I'd like to hear what David Ray has to think about department heads not showing up whenever uh, Senate committees and House committees ask them to show up and give them information. Well, we'll ask him that when we come back. <laughs> but right, first, we got to right. talk to Brian in Hot Springs. That's all, right. all coming up here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Got to get traffic weather. Sorry, I'm late. Here it is. All right, David Ray, can you come back on this week? Uh, sure. Yeah, depending on the day. Yeah. Well, tell me which day is a good day, and I'll I'll figure it out so we can get you on here. Okay. Yeah. All right. Because I didn't get to ask you some of the questions I wanted to ask you today. It's all good. All right. Let's talk to Brian. He's in Hot Springs. Brian, what do you got for us? Uh, I was calling in about the br- police brutality y'all were talking about over all this. And I was wondering, uh, you know, they started they started training police officers to come in groups to protect the police officers and the public but it seems like that they forgot the part about protecting the public i mean when they throw down like women that are 90 pounds and then five cops jump on them and hold them down the way they did i wonder why they don't start changing some of the way they're training giving them a time limit you know about having somebody down and throwing these the, the people that are half the one person size it just doesn't make sense to me i've had it happen to me as well i used to be a paramedic um so all right we appreciate your call i have not seen 90 pound women being pummeled by the police unless they had it coming i'm just saying let me tell you what, somebody takes a golf ball with 10-penny nails in it, mm-hmm. and they throw it at you, and, and they hit your guy that's next to you, you might you might react with force. Right. That just might happen. Yeah. You know, I am so pro-law enforcement, okay? I was married to a cop for 27 years, but I can tell you as a news reporter, before smartphones were around videoing everything, there was a lot more of this roughing up and excessive force taking place. <laughs> I, I witnessed it firsthand yeah well i saw it in chicago during the democratic convention back in what 68 or 69 i saw it then i saw the i saw the nightsticks that were filled with lead Mm -hmm. that the chicago cops uh, used in breaking people's heads i i've seen that kind of stuff i understand but you put a police officer uh, officer in a very precarious position when you say they can't protect themselves right that's true you you really really do and you you might want to think twice like i said before you throw a molotov cocktail mm-hmm. at one of them mm-hmm. that's, what that's you do. right but you know if they've got someone in handcuffs no and i'm they not have condoning them, so what I, the, I know, the cop did but yeah there's a clear there's a clear line between right yeah. and wrong i mean i've and, stood and, and, uh, i've stood for the blue line in a long for a long long time but i don't stand and i don't think the blue line stands for what you saw that police officer do in minneapolis but you know police officers i don't think the average citizen realizes and understands what these guys and gals are experiencing every single day they see the worst side of humanity you know hour after hour after hour that's why the the suicide rate of law enforcement officers is excessively high the alcoholism uh you know it, it's if you s- just continuously see the the worst side of humanity it, it will have an impact on that's you. why i left news 
Well, and it's because it, it, <laughs> I was doing the police plotter. Well, all you got to do is watch the news now, and you yeah. you see that. Yeah, you know, so it's, all right. it's important to not paint with too broad of a brush. You know, obviously there are you know what happened in Minnesota is is horrific and a horrible abuse of power by police. Um, and and at the same time, we can recognize that that while rare uh, police abuse uh, and brutality is real. The vast majority of police officers are good actors, and yeah, and just I agree. like you know, just like every profession that you know, there's there's bad people. Well, they every- always say people make these kinds of statements. Sure, right? they always get away with it. No, no, it wasn't in South Carolina, North Carolina, the, the police officer shot that black gentleman in the back four times and killed him. What that was? How long ago was that? A year, year and a half. Mm. He got he got life in prison. Mm-hmm. This guy's going to get a lot of time to think about this in a, in a cell. It's going to happen. I have no doubt about it. it's going to happen. He's going to be very, he's going to be very popular at the whatever prison he well, ends they'll up put at. Him, they'll put him out of, the, out of. You think they'll seclude him? Yes, they'll move uh, him out of. Mm-hmm. Just they won't, they won't let him, you know, use a a knife on him or something. What do they call it when you scrape your toothbrush and you make it a thing and you know use it as a knife kind of thing. What do they call that? I think that's called a shank. A shank. Thank you. Wow, I'm impressed that you knew mm-hmm. that. He knew it. David's prepared <laughs> if he ever goes to prison. No, I'm just kidding. I'm a weapons chicken. I didn't, <laughs> I, I didn't figure that out. Okay. All right. So, so I guess I've watched too many crime dramas on <laughs> television. Law and order, channel. baby. I live on the ID channel. I didn't know that. Well, I like ID channel. That's I love a good ID one to go. channel. So when you come back on this week, we, we want to ask, RD had a, a question for you about Department heads not meeting up for uh, uh, meetings with members of uh, the legislature. Yeah, that was that was that was sad to see. We need to we you need know, to talk point, about stuff. The point like of that. the state agencies committee is to provide oversight of, of state agencies. Thank so, you. all right, we're out of time for this first hour. It's gone fast. Alice Stewart's going to join us in just a moment from Washington D.C. Heidi has her phone number. Call her. Wake her up. Tell her, get up. Have a cup of coffee real quick before you come on the Dave Ellswick Show. Take a break. David Ray, thank you. We'll have you back on here on the Dave Ellswick Show. with you dave ellswick show second hour in the studio yeah that's right in the studio today jan morgan is here Artie hopper is here good morning and paul calvert now in the studio david ray has moved on to do other important things that he needs to get done and last and by the way alice hang with me i'm going to be right with you Last night, the president was taken down into the secure area of the White House because the demonstrators got a little rambunctious out there in Pennsylvania last night. Mm-hmm. And set, set uh, one of the churches on fire. They took, there, yeah, right? they did. Uh, one of the oldest yeah, the churches. The church that all of the presidents The church have visited, of the presidents, yes. that's mm-hmm. right. I think since 1816 or well, something. Well, they were able to save the building, though. Yeah, I think oh, they yeah, 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 yeah. All that, fire, that happened. I don't think it would burn to the ground. But the reason I bring this up is because... 
I saw that from the president's team, the person said the president did have to do that, but things are fine. He's doing fine. Was a guy by the name of Judd Deere, hmm. which many of you remember him being on my show he's, he's from the AG's office mm-hmm. uh, many a time. And now he's gone to work for the president oh, wow. and evidently works there, I guess, in the West Wing, I guess. Hmm. Good for him. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. Very cool. So uh, I texted him uh, last night. And I said, dude, keep your head down. Hmm. You know, and he wrote back, I'm good. It's a little scary, but mm-hmm. I'm good. <laughs> and I said, good. Glad to hear that. Alice Stewart joins us. Hey, Alice, what's happening? Well, you name it, Dave, it's happening. Great to be with you and glad you're, you're back in studio and, and being able to, to talk to folks. And unfortunately, uh, we're talking about coronavirus and and violence, which is unfortunate, but it, it's good to, good to be part of your conversation. Well, let me tell you, Alice. I'm as old as dirt. You know that. Okay. I'm, I'm, a, I'm an old man. And I saw this all play out in the 60s. At that time, it was the Vietnam War and race, both of them. And uh, there were 1967. Uh, if you grew up during that time, you know that was called the Long Hot Summer. And then 1968, Dr. Martin Luther King was assassinated. And this country was on fire. I'm just telling you that right now. This country was on fire. Uh, we'll come through this. I just want people, I want the people to understand, like the guy from Hot Springs at the beginning who said, you know, what, what do you think about the Boston Tea Party and trying to equate what they did with what's happening now and said, you know, you know, no representation. Well, that's the key here because you have representation it's called the ballot box, and you get to vote for the people that are representing you in our in our our democracy or our republic. I don't like to use the word democracy in a general term when I talk about our country. As a republic, you have to understand you have a say, but you have to take part to have a say, and you you should be out if you want to stand on a street corner and talk. Feel free. Feel free. I'm more, I'm more power to you. Get on your apple cart and, and talk. But here's the key. You start talking, you start throwing Molotov cocktails, you might get shot. I'm just selling. Right. You, well, you know? here, here's here's a, a, a key to that, Dave, is uh, having been in Boston last year, I saw where the Boston Tea Party happened, and the the only people that really were hurt and harmed in the Boston Tea Party were the fish in Boston Harbor. Now we have people, as you say, throwing Molotov cocktails and looting stores and attacking police, and that's not right. While it's important that we don't paint this scene with a broad brush on either side, no more does the uh, police officer who... Um, put his neck on the van in Minneapolis and killed him. Uh, he does not represent the men and women in blue. Either. No, not the majority, not the large there, majority. Right. I'm with Dan and all of you in there. I'm pro-cop. I'm pro-law enforcement. Thank God we have them. And yep. the majority of them are great. At the same time, there are people that are engaging in civil, peaceful protests. Uh-huh. And they are making a point. Unfortunately, they get overshadowed by the looters and the criminals that are uh, tearing up stores and spray painting police cars. 
And that's not how you go about seeking change. And, and to your point, you can go to the ballot box, elect someone that represents your views and values, start to have a law enforcement that you feel may be more representative of your views and values. But moving a Ray-Ban store is not how you go about seeking justice in this country. No, you only, you only loot a Ray-Ban store when you're looking for a new pair of sunglasses. I'm just right. saying. And you, know, well, it, and you know police have been given a stand-down order, and they're not going to do anything about it. Uh-huh. And, and you look at the Boston Tea Party. They didn't steal the tea. They threw it in the ocean. Yeah, and they right. didn't, and they didn't come on shore and burn down the tea house. <laughs> well, and, and it's the I'm thing just saying, it just doesn't make yeah, sense to me. Still does there. They were making a political statement, and, and they had no representation. Well, that and, and 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 there's probably some some comparisons here here to be made from time to time. I mean, I, I, I'm having some trouble with the city of Conway right now, and I don't have any representation there because I have property there, but I'm not allowed to vote there, so I can't vote for the thugs that are attacking me there. And so there's there's maybe some some consideration here and there there could be some comparison but but i i think to suggest that well i'm going to go steal a television i'm going to compare myself to the boston tea party situation where they threw the tea into the the, um, harbor because of the unjust taxation that's not quite the same well when you stand on a tv not stand on but stand (laughs) in front of a tv camera with a uh, a flat screen television on your shoulder and you said it was wrong what they did in minneapolis you've lost all your your communication with me i'm just saying that yeah Yeah. that's done at that at that point so how how are things going over at cnn have you been there since this stuff has started they they have not let people really the contributors out people that aren't like in the day-to-day uh, production of the shows uh we haven't been into the actual studio since the coronavirus hit just for um safety and and security in terms of coronavirus and so okay. people have studios set up at their homes and broadcasting from home like i have everything set up here to do segments from my home and a lot of the hosts, and you'll see all the, the networks have people have studios set up in their homes, right. and that's where they're doing a lot of the work. In terms of um, since the protest started, um, originally, obviously, everything was in Minneapolis. Now it's, it's all over, and I've got some dear friends who are covering the, the protest here in Washington, D.C., and it's dangerous. And, oh, yeah. My heart, go, my heart goes out to them. I had friends that were covering when the protesters were storming the CNN building in Atlanta as well, and it's dangerous for, for the journalists and for the law enforcement officers and for really the, the peaceful protesters. There's a really touching um, video that's being distributed uh, out there on uh, Daily Caller of a lot of the protesters lining up to protect the police from the Antifa people that are coming to the disrupt these peaceful protests. So there is an element of these protesters that really want to protect police, but get their message out at the same time. And unfortunately, that gets lost in in all of the mayhem that's going on. So my question, is the president right? Because I think he is when he he now wants to make Antifa a domestic terrorist group. I I agree with that wholeheartedly. Absolutely. They're engaging in domestic terrorism. I mean, I don't, there's no other way to, to call it. Uh, there's, there's, that's exactly what they're doing. And unfortunately, look, we are, we're the United States of America. And when you get frustrated with the acts of a few men and women of law enforcement, 
you cannot make law enforcement public enemy number one. That's just not right. And they, these are the first people we'll call when we need help and we, we need police protection. They'll be the first ones on the scene. And for any group like this Antifa organization to put a bullseye on the back of law enforcement, they do need to be called out and we do need to take a look at their tactics and their messaging and we need to put an end to it. Jan? Well, uh, on the domestic terrorism thing with uh, Antifa, I I call that before the president did. I said, I've been saying for a long time, this organization has proven itself to be a terrorist organization and should be classified as such. You see, we had an organization like this back in the 60s. They were called the Weathermen. Oh, yeah. And they were a domestic terrorist group. They were blowing people up. Right. All right. So, you know, it's amazing to me how... History repeats itself. Mm-hmm. Is that, isn't that amazing to you, Alice? Absolutely. But, but the, the amazing thing even more is that we don't learn from it. And yeah, that's the truth. And, and if we continue to make these same mistakes, we'll be back here in another 10 years. And I think it's really important for us to first identify the problem, which is what we have. We have a loan officer who engaged in a, a killing of an innocent unarmed black man and three other people who also I think should be arrested in this case but work what to, to the degree we can to work on race relations work on get, regaining the trust of law enforcement I, I think um, the mayor there in Little Rock is doing a really good job of, of trying to speak directly to the protesters and bring about calm but we have to work on race relations and it's not just a matter of law enforcement. I think it's really across the board, but we have to do it both together in, Al- in a calm and peaceful manner. Alice, Jan Morgan here. Good to talk to you. What do you, you think too, is that, how do we work on race relations? Because that was something that I was hearing from protesters last night. We need, you know, race relations, race relations. What what do we need to do that we're not doing? It, it's important. A lot of times, Jan, and you know, it's a matter of just hearing them out, hearing, mm-hmm. you know, what are your concerns? What do you need? What what can we do to, to work together? And it, it's, not, as I said, we're the United States of America. We're not, you know, a white America or a black America or a brown America. We're all together. And so many times what, what I'm seeing and what we're hearing is it's a matter of listening to their concerns. I think the faith community has a big role in this as well. And I was encouraged to see um, in uh, one of the towns in Minneapolis where they're bringing the faith community in this as well to, to, to have a civil conversation on this. So opening up the dialogue and making sure that all sides are able to um, speak their needs, hear our, our concerns, I think it's really important. I have a a, a wonderful student of mine when I taught at Harvard in the fall. He's a wonderful student from Compton, California, African-American. He's at Harvard now. He couldn't be a, a more stellar Harvard student. And he feels the fears that these people in these inner cities feel. And he is a tremendous, wonderful, well-educated person. But the fact that he happens to be African-American, he feels the same fear as so many others. I think it's important for us to identify that and have those conversations. I agree with, with, with what you're saying on, on a number of fronts. I just want to add this. Uh, 
I think we need to stop classifying people in America based on the color of their skin. I think if we want to deal with race relations, we need to stop having things like a an African-American or black congressional caucus, a black chamber of commerce, a black Miss America. We don't need. I mean, can you can you imagine if white people put the word white in front of these organizations, any organization, business entity, whatever that that is based on the color of a person's skin? It needs to stop. That is race. And also, even our applications for employment, even the federal firearms, our own government is discriminating. Do you know on federal firearms licenses, when you fill out your application on the form 4473 to buy a gun, it says it asks about your race. You have to either click non-Hispanic or Latino and you, white. You, you can't just put it's down like, human. What, human. Why? Why are we Ameri- doing how that? About American? How is that relevant? I think that that we need to stop that across the board. And that would that would help. All right. That's a good first step. Alice, if you'll go ahead and fill up your coffee cup again. We'll be back with you. Well, do you drink coffee? I, I drink it by the gallon. Yes, okay. All right. Well, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead and refill your coffee cup. We'll be right back with you. Got to get a break in. Thanks for being part of the Dave Ellswick Show today. Alice Stewart is our special guest during this half hour. She'll be back right back with us. Let me remind you about PI Roofing. PI Roofing, you take care of your roof, and they'll do it with social distancing and all the other precautions on COVID-19. They understand that you're concerned about that. They'll take care of it. But you need to take care of your roof as well. But you don't have to worry about your roof if you put it into the hands of P.I. Roofing. All you got to do is call them 707-3551 or visit them on piroofing.com. And uh, they'll come out and replace your roof if it needs to be replaced. They'll they'll help you with your insurance, your home insurance. Uh, They'll inspect your roof for you because I know a lot of you have gone through some big, big thunder boomers this spring. And uh, you have problems with hail and all kinds of stuff. You need to get that fixed now. Uh, it's going. We're getting into the dry season where they're going to be able to get on your roof and get this stuff done. Again, 707-3551 or piroofing.com. Give them a call. I've used them. A lot of my friends have used them. A lot of businesses have used them. And uh, they speak highly of them. That's piroofing.com. I'll just answer your your to your statement there during the break about mm-hmm. widespread abuse of uh, the the PPP and all yes. of that. It's always that way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whenever there's multiple billions of dollars floating around, people will take advantage of but it. See, I warned businesses when when all of this came out. I warned businesses don't get in bed with the government. If you can avoid asking for any government assistance, you need to stay out of it because there are a lot of strings attached to that money, and the government will watch and you. It's just letting Big a, Brother into your and, bank account. And to part of Dave's, Dave's point about, well, the government shut these businesses down, and I think there's an argument there based on the Oh, I, I know there is. B- based on the idea... Let's talk about of, No, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, based on the idea... <laughs> Of um, the, the the right to have your to have proper payment when government confiscates that That's right. from you because because basically what's being done is the government has shut down businesses yes, and they, they have confiscated have. their property for a limited amount of time and I think there's an argument that the government is obligated to pay these business owners for what they have taken from them. I I agree. It wasn't just a simple free market situation where people were afraid to come into the restaurants and whatever it was. No, the government said no, you can't open, and we'll, we will come. Men with guns will come and shut you down. Yep. If mm-hmm. you open up anyway. And so and that's fine a problem. You. Yeah, but, and fine you. That's right. Well, and so that's, Take away money you don't have. And right. so there's an argument. We've been, you know, who um, I think Mike Ferris came out and was mm-hmm. mentioning some of this. And that, that, you know, government may very well be obligated to pay these people 
not based upon, well, we're going to just give you a check just for welfare like we're giving everyone else. No, I think this maybe need to be more along the lines of you owe us this much money because of what you took from us. Yeah. Hi, Alice. Well, we, we know that you're still there. <laughs> hey, Alice. Hi, hi everyone. I, I agree 100% with, with what you're saying. The, the, the notion that the government can dictate, you know, how long people should keep their businesses down is it's just absurd. It, it's easy for people that can telework and still get paid and work from home or uh, be in a, a career where they don't have to physically go to the restaurant or the hair salon or the tattoo parlor and actually work. It's easy for those people to sit back and say, you can't go to work. But when your livelihood depends on human contact and getting in there and serving food and sweeping floors and cutting hair, uh, you shouldn't be um, demanded not to work. Yeah. Because this is what uh, liberal governors across the country want to do. I think it's insulting to people's intelligence that they don't have enough common sense to know how to protect themselves and their customers when they decide it's time to go back to work because they have bills to pay. And people are smart enough to make wise, healthy decisions when they do go back to work. Hey, Alice, this is R.D. Hopper. I'd like your opinion. You know, we're in the election cycle, and so many things in Washington is political and motivations political-based. What isn't politicized? <laughs> exactly. I mean, <laughs> how about the principle of more freedom, smaller government, and less taxes? And the government, like Reagan saying, the government is not the solution. The government is a problem. And Reagan, I think, actually reduce taxes and reduce the size of government. Do you see anything coming in the future that make us uh, less socialist and, and more back a capitalist with smaller government and freedom? Do you see another well, movement coming? Well, R.D., you make a, a, an excellent point. And uh, I do believe that President Trump has done a tremendous job with reducing federal government regulations. A lot of that is behind-the-scenes red tape and and getting rid of some of the bureaucracy, and it's not so visible on the front end, but just the, the ability to cut out some of the red tape and regulations that the president has been able to do is a good first step. Uh, in the hopes that he is reelected, I do expect that to, to, we'll see more of that. We'll see it on a larger scale. But the key to that is not just at the presidential level. It's incumbent upon conservatives like ourselves to elect conservatives at the state level and the local level where they really have the, the ability and the authority to make these decisions about opening up your business, promoting free enterprise, cutting out uh, state and federal regulations. So it's a really important call uh, for everyone listening is to get out there and get involved and elect uh, people at the state and local level that will help support our policies and our desires for a smaller government. All right. Alice Stewart is our special guest. She's uh, agreed special dispensation to the Dave Ellswick Show to do an extra half hour today. I appreciate that, Alice. Thank you very much. 
Uh, Glad to join. Yeah, send me send me my bill later. <laughs> you know, that's no problem. I'll pay you what I pay you for the first half hour. <laughs> yeah, the same that we get paid. Alice. That's right. I have man. a question for Alice. I, Alice, I just I just found out that you're a contributor at CNN, and I, I wondered how that's going. As because I know you are a staunch conservative, and I, I made one. Well, I've done two ventures into CNN during the uh, Republican National Convention um, a few years ago. I I went on with one of their CNN international correspondents and did an interview from the convention. And then I did I kind of eased into their studio once on a gun rights issue. And I tell you it was brutal. I so <laughs> it was brutal. I I called all my conservative friends and I was like, "Can you go on instead of I don't want to go on there because I know how they're going to be." And 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 uh you know everybody said, "No, Jan, you got to take one for the team. It's your turn. You know, you got to do it." So I'm wondering <laughs> how you handle Yeah, how do you how do you handle it? I know it gets tough in there. Right. Well, Jan, let me just say your passion and your advocacy for second amendment rights is unparalleled. Uh, there's very few people in Arkansas or in this country that can fight for Second Amendment rights like you, and you're so passionate about it. Uh, I, on the other hand, uh, have to have to sort of tamp it down a little bit when I'm in a, a panel, uh, simply because um, my role is to, you know, have conversations and, and find a place where um, we can, you know, move further the debate uh, down the stage. And I, I've been really fortunate to be at CNN and be a conservative voice on the network. And where my lane is, and they know this, and the, the White House knows this, and the RNC knows this, is I support President Trump 100% on his policies. I voted for him. I plan to vote for him again. I uh, am grateful that he's been able to accomplish what he's done with regard to the Supreme Court regard to Israel, Second Amendment rights, religious freedom, on and on. And I think um, we can all agree on that. I do take issue oftentimes with the tone and tactics that he uses. Uh, I think some of the tweets uh, we can certainly do without, and, and I will I will speak that. So I, when I'm on CNN, I'm, I'm able to carry the conservative mantle, but I also, you know, call balls and strikes when, when the time needs to be uh, for that. And so I'm able to have conversations, and, and oftentimes we agree to disagree. Um, yeah, there are a lot of times where um, I'm the only conservative on the panel, but it's generally respectful. Uh, I know all the people that I'm on there with and the hosts of the shows, and I'm, I'm really grateful that they do have the, the position where they will allow conservative voices to join in the conversation. And lately, so much of the coverage has been on coronavirus, um, and obviously now on the, the protest, so it's cut back on the political panel. But it's it's a good thing that they, they do allow back-and-forth conversations with the people on all sides of the political spectrum. Yeah. In other words, I don't want to. I don't want to get in a fight or a debate with Dan on Second Amendment because she will school me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, when I was on CNN the last time, uh, they didn't even let me talk. I mean, it was so. It was. They I did, remember. It was that. two against one. Yeah, when the when the other guy on the panel was supposed to be who was supposed to be debating me, he was just about to cry. In fact, he he was misting up and he couldn't handle it. He did all but peed in his pants. Then the anchor had to come on and debate me for him because he just couldn't handle it. Who was the female that was uh, that day? Alice. Uh, what's her name? I can't think. I'm, I'm not a Camerata. Yes, yes, yeah. Allison. Yes. So uh, she she kind of stepped in there. But I tell you, it was it was. I thought just give me a chance to say a sentence. 
just give me, let me talk. You have me on here. Let me talk. So, so you're hanging in there. I, I wish I knew when you were on. Do you have a regular slot on, or we just have to kind of catch uh, I, you? I, it's it's random. I usually post um, on Twitter and um, Instagram often when I'm on. I used to have a standing segment on Saturday mornings where I would um, be on with a, a, a Democratic friend of mine, Maria Cardona, who's just fantastic, and hopefully that will that will continue after coronavirus. But I, I'm on a lot of the evening shows, John Lemon, um, Anderson Cooper, wow. Aaron Burnett, a lot of those. Um, so I, I'm able to be on there across the spectrum. I do a lot of international, CNN International, uh, which is obviously part of the network, and headline news. Yeah, inter- but, CNN but International I'll, treated me better than... Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're cool. And, you know the, the oh. conversation because they want to educate people across the world on you know this, this issue um, because they don't have the protections for Second Amendment rights in other countries like we do here. Right. And I also do a, I do a panel on NPR National Public Radio on Wednesdays where it's the similar setup where it's a Democrat myself and then the host of the show and it's a ten minute panel and we um, discuss the issues and we agree to disagree so. You know, there are, there are uh, avenues out there in broadcasting where they, they do allow good civil conversation on the issues, and, and I think that's important. It's, it's critical to hear from all sides and, and let the viewers or the listeners make up their own mind. All right. Fair and balanced. Artie, so, you're up. Go. As they say. Hey, I, I was reading some of your biography and some of your work. I read that you were working on looking into the future on how populism Populism is going to affect uh, the future and driving policy in the future in America. And when I look at uh, the fiscal situation of our country and these bailouts and all the money that we're spending, uh, do you think populism is is causing some of this? And uh, what do you see in the future? Well, I, I think look, it, it, it certainly remains to be seen. Um, there's the nationalist populist movement that uh, does have a, a lot of support, and it, it brings in people that may not have uh, had a voice in politics before, and it's a matter of who who are they going to have to be the, the voice of, of that movement. But, but these bailouts that, that we're seeing, I, I think, in, in terms of uh, across the board, and whether it's small business or large business, um, with regard to coronavirus, I, I assume you're mentioning, I don't look at them as, as bailouts as much as if you're going to tell the company that they have to shut down, then you also have to give them the means to, to keep their business intact and in operation and keep people where they, when they are able to open back up, they have the resources to be able to do so. So I, I think that the money that is being provided to businesses in this interim is important because when a government is telling a, a business you have to shut down, they do need to provide the means for them to be able to open back up when the government says it's time to open back up. That's 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 true, and, and I get your point on that. But, you know, the government, I believe the government caused the problem uh, for the for the need of the bailouts, and, uh, and I believe that, that a lot of officials and even conservative people went too far with this because they were afraid of CNN and afraid of the public. And I think they were pushed too far to the left to take too much government control and cause too much damage to our economy. And uh, 
that it scares me when I feel like that people are being manipulated by the left and do things that I wouldn't think they would normally do, and it's it's causing us financial problems. Well, then, again, I think it's important, as I said, and it's important to have these conversations to remind people who are listening that you need to get out there and support conservative elected officials in, in the state level and in Congress and certainly in the White House because uh, we can sit here and, and talk about how supposedly the, the media um, brainwashes people or really um, influences their decision, I guess we should say. But if, if we're going to sit back and, and not engage our, our voters and do something, then that's, we're doing so at our own peril. And I was saying to someone the other day, these protests, as I said, there are some of them are peaceful, but often many of them are not. And the Antifa um, element is in there. And if they would put as much energy and organization and time into organizing voters and getting them out to vote, that would be a much more productive use of their time than spray painting cuss words <laughs> on police cars and churches. And unfortunately, they would they would rather engage in this um, destructive behavior than doing what the real work they need to be doing is organizing voters and getting them out to the polls. But they're going to figure that out a little bit too late. Alice Stewart is our special guest until 8 o'clock when we come back. Are you guys up for talking about Twitter? <laughs> Let's talk Twitter when we come back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. A break, and then we got more coming your way. Don't forget that... Uh, We've been asking this question for a couple of weeks now. What could you do with an extra $287,619 for your retirement? I don't know about you. I could do a lot. and But that's how much a Little Rock couple could save in taxes with their IRA and 401k. Thanks to the tax planning strategies from David Lucas Financial right here in Little Rock. Learn exactly how much money you could save with a free retirement tax analysis. If you save more than $250,000, be one of the first 10 callers to schedule your free analysis now. The number is to call 501-222-3315. That's 501-222-3315. And if you have an IRA or a 401k, you can learn how much money in taxes you could save by calling 501-222-3315. Investment advisory services offered through David Lucas Financial and Arkansas Registered Investment Advisor. Traffic and weather up right now. All right, so Alice Stewart is our guest, so she gets first say. Twitter, what do you think, uh, Alice? Is the president on to something here? In terms of, uh, in terms of going after Twitter? Well, what is it, nine nine thirty or whatever, two thirty or whatever the, the 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 statute or the part in the statute is that allows literally, uh, you know, Twitter and Facebook and all the rest to walk away from any responsibility of what shows up on their sites. He's absolutely onto something because here's where the difference is: Twitter is a platform for free speech and people should be able to go out there and say what they want to say to whom they want to say it to without any kind of editorializing or even fact checking. If they say something that is dangerous or destructive or threatening, yes, that should be taken down. 
it is a platform for free speech. When you have an outlet like Twitter now deciding who they want to fact check and who they want to put a little blue check on and say fact check this, that's when they're getting into the area of becoming a, a tool, uh, more of a news organization where they are, they are putting out content. And if they're going to enter the arena where they're deciding and picking and choosing what they want uh, to, to check and to police, they're no longer a platform for free speech. And so the president absolutely has the right and the authority to go and, and revisit this because they use the same spectrum in, when you're dealing with Twitter in a, a wireless situation, they're using the same spectrum as broadcast news outlets, which are, which are regulated by the Federal Communications Commission. And they have certain rules and regulations they are uh, restricted to go by. And if that's the case, then that same rules will apply to Twitter. And if they're going to decide they want to fact check uh, President Trump, then they should fact check Adam Schiff when he's talking about Russian collusion. They should fact check Nancy Pelosi when she criticizes uh, President Trump. So they're either going to fact check across the board and face the same regulations as news outlets, or they're going to go back to what they are supposed to be, which is a platform for free speech. Yeah. Are you going to be a platform or are you going to be a publisher? That's mm-hmm. the key right. here. Right. Right. And, and right now, when they decide that they want to pick and choose who they want to fact check, they are entering the realm of a publisher. And that then they are subject to different guidelines and different restrictions. And let's have that conversation. Yeah, I'm Can't all have about it both that. Ways. Yeah, Jan, go ahead. Well, it's not only that. They've been uh, Twitter and Facebook have been discriminating against conservatives for some time. Uh, And I I can they even deleted my page. Facebook deleted my page at one time with over one hundred and fifty thousand followers on it. And if it had not been for a contact I had with Fox News and threatening to go, they they deleted chicks on the right. Uh, There were several far-right conservative platforms that were deleted and discriminated against. Diamond and Silk are complaining right now because they're losing thousands of followers every couple of days on a Facebook. Well, so, yeah. So that's, it is, that's the black ladies. Yes. So No, you're right. And, and, and I remember when that happened, Jan, because you are certainly a, a strong voice for conservative cause. And, and if you've noticed, uh, Zuckerberg over at uh, Facebook, he is like not going to have any part of, of what Twitter's doing because he recognizes the value of being a platform and not a publisher. So he's going to stay in his lane doing what he's doing and not not get into this argument that, that Twitter is, even though, to your point, Dan, they have been uh, silencing a lot of conservative voices. Mm-hmm. But he is not willing to go to take the further step that Twitter is doing in, in having these uh, liberal fact-checkers get out there and fact-check conservatives. And in addition to dis- discriminating by deleting followers uh, and deleting pages of conservatives, there is also a process that's called shadow banning, where they Just they prevent your from appearing in the news feed. Yeah. I mean, I get people on my page all the time say, where have you been? I haven't seen you in months. And I said, I've been right here. The, the well, Facebook Facebook doesn't share with all of your friends. They only share with a, like a, like ten percent of the people that follow you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it kind of depends on what you do. But but yeah. So 
kind of have mixed thoughts about some of this is that, one, a private industry or private person should be, be allowed to do basically whatever they want to. If they want to shut off certain people. But the thing is that Facebook and Twitter, they're not totally private I- industries. They're corporations, for one. A corporation is a fictitious person that's created by government, and so that kind of makes them a quasi-governmental agency almost. And, and and so I have a little bit less sympathy for them because of that. Well, and, I don't have any sympathy for them at all when they start offering opinion. Uh, well, I mean, as, as, a, as an individual, I think everybody should be allowed to offer opinion. But when you're, when you're trying to— But you shouldn't get— Special protections. Well, I have a solution. I have a solution. When President Trump finishes being president after the next four years, then he needs to start a company, a social media company, where (laughs) where there won't be any discrimination, and we can all get our voices heard. And we know the left. Because so far, nobody's been able to do that. The left has always believed in freedom of speech, as long as on their side, as long as you agree with what they have to say, you are are free to speak as long as you agree with them. Right. What do you go ahead, Alice? So they are also very open-minded, provided you are like-minded. And that is <laughs> how, how the left goes. But let me just throw this in for a little uh, comic relief here, or sad relief, but I'm sure you've seen this. The, the head of Twitter's um, head of site integrity, Yul Ross, he's the person that is going through and, and uh, fact-checking the president's tweets. Um, he has a history of being very uh, liberal, and politically uh, left-leaning. And he has, uh, this news outlet pulled some of his previous tweets that he has done in the past before he had this um, fact-checking job, and he referred to the Trump team as, quote, actual Nazi. He referred to Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell as a, quote, personality-free bag of sparks. Oh, my Um, God. And this is the guy that is handling Twitter's fact-checking. Wow. He was (laughs) handpicked. Exactly. Let me tell you, for for people who call anybody Nazis, I was sitting and watching the Discovery Channel last night, and they were were doing a documentary of the the Nazi death squads Mm -hmm. prior and during World War II. Let me... Go watch that. I saw and that. See what it's it, on Netflix. Yeah. yeah. Was that what it was? Okay. Netflix. So go watch that and then tell me they're Nazis, okay? Seriously. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, that's, you that's, tell me when they dope. line you up on a ditch and they shoot you in the back of the head, okay? Yeah, it's it's despicable. It's despicable. It really is. But, but, but it gives you an idea of, of the mindset of the person that has been handpicked by Twitter to decide he's the arbiter of truth for this, quote, platform of free ideas. I'm with you. Alice, I appreciate you staying an extra half hour with us. With us, It's always great to hear from you. We'll do this again soon, and we won't uh, let so much it. time, okay? I, I enjoyed it. It was great to, to hear everyone and watch you all on on. Uh, the Facebook. So it's great to see you all. Okay, are Thank you still you. are you still you are too. you still out there pounding the pavement, running? I am. Uh, I went eight this morning, so I'm still running to as as much as my legs will let me run. <laughs> All right. Mercy on your knees, girl. We'll talk to you later. Thanks. God All bless right. y'all. Bye bye now. Alice Stewart here on uh, the Dave Ellswick show. All right. So we're going to let her go. And coming up in the next hour. Iverson Jackson, he'll be by phone. Actually, he's here. He's here. Oh, they show up. Yeah, he's, he's here. He's oh the... my God, he's here. All right, Iverson will be in studio with us today. Okay, guys. Now I want everybody. We did this in the military. 
put your hands out this way. All right. Got to make. We're going to get this set up so that go move move that way, Jan. I like sitting by RD. We're going to try to have a little bit more room here, and we're going to do a little social distancing. I have. I did wipe the the whole studio down with uh, Lysol wipes, and I wiped your microphone microphones and everything off so you're all right i I could wipe your head if you want me to argue that's no problem at all all right we're going to take a break and then we'll come back with more here on the dave ellswick show we've got news coming up top of the hour and then the man himself has made his way to the studio iverson jackson here on the dave ellswick show zip it we can't talk anyway <laughs> about that kind of stuff iverson jackson is here iverson i call i i texted him late last night i said can you join me on the, on the monday show and i told him that jan was going to be here and he said that's of course. why he came <laughs> no, he said, of course. Down here. no yes. but no he, he i asked him if he would join us because i gotta tell you iverson not only is a great guy as far as conservative thought goes, mm-hmm. but he's he's got the heart of Jesus. Amen. And that's what's important. And, and we need that right now. We do. We need I mean, seriously, right I, I was trying to share that with you a little bit in my mm-hmm. text, and, and we really need that. There's too much of paying evil with evil. That's right. And that's exactly what's going on, Dave. Uh, great to be back in studio. Yes, sir. And Dave is sporting that uh, mustache. Man, yeah, that's, he got that's, the that's little really goatee cool. going here. Yeah. yeah. I'll tell you, now he said he texted me last night, but it was actually during Sunday school. Was it? Okay, sorry. I thought it was last night. Yeah. It all runs, it all together, runs together at this time. It and really, I, I really does. I saw his name. I said, Dave, man, something's really going on here. And, but I, I wasn't in Sunday school. I was in my office. Well, that's so, good. Uh other, usually, I don't answer when people call me or text on Sunday okay. morning. Is your church back is, open? Is it? Or we did never it close. Good for you. Good. We never close. Good for you. We never close. We I have plenty of room. Uh, you know, we got twenty acres out there, so you can go set up, set by a tree by yourself. <laughs> if did you, you do want it to. outside church or nope, no, kept no. it inside? Kept it inside, and and uh, we did ask our seniors on the front end, uh, you know, not to come in until we kind of figured out right. what was going on there. And then again, uh, I've always said it like this: you got to do what you know what. 
your conscience dictates. Right. Right. If you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. If you don't want to wear a mask, don't mm-hmm. wear a mask. If you want to sit on the pew by yourself, sit on the pew by yourself. Ooh. We got other rooms you can go in and listen. So we, we, I just really haven't changed anything much about anything well, I did. At the end of the day, yeah, so. at the end of the day, you could go to Lowe's, you could go to Walmart, Absolutely. you go to Kroger, you didn't have to wear a mask. Right. You know, if we're going to, for crying out loud, if I can go to Lowe's where there's hundreds of people there just hoarding the building. From who knows where. And there's, right. there, I mean, there's just tons right. and tons of people there because it was busy. It's probably busy. Yeah. Lowe's was extremely, yes. it yes. was packed. In Conway, yes. Lowe's has been, I was talking to one of the employees a while back, Lowe's has been, I think, busier than they've ever been. Mm-hmm. It's almost like going on. Yeah, but don't you hate it when you go into one of those stores and you feel like you need to sneeze? You're scared to sneeze because if you do, everybody looks at you like, how dare you come in when you might have coronavirus? The point is, though, that (laughs) nobody seems to have a a serious problem with Lowe's and Home Depot and whatever else being open. Right. Yet they're shutting down churches, especially like out in California. where Churches and small businesses. And so they can go to McDonald's to get their fast food. I guess they can still out there in California. But they can't open their churches. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Some of these that sounds a little suspicious. Some of these government it? officials maybe yeah. need to take a um, take a, um, a, a, a maybe a surfboard several hundred miles out in the ocean and and find mm-hmm. a new place to live because they're not America. Maybe we need to kick California out of the union or something because this is not acceptable. These people are out of line. It's not just California. No, it's I not mean, just California. Even, no, even, just... even in Arkansas, we've got we've got a number of small businesses. And I, I talked to small business owners. Mm-hmm. I had a restaurant yesterday, my husband and I did, and they, they're still they're having to follow state government guidelines mm-hmm. of only thirty percent capacity. And the owner of that restaurant said, Jan, I can't I can't continue to stay open like this. I can't pay the bills with only 30% capacity Mm -hmm. on top of all the other things they're forcing us to do. And if one snitch is in the restaurant and somebody comes in without Mm -hmm. having a mask on before they sit down to eat perhaps so. and that so snitch that, and reports it, then you get a visit by the health department. What's the, what's the biggest day for church, uh, for restaurants? Sunday, Sunday, church day. Yes. Sundays, after church. Yes, but you people, know. I was there yesterday morning. And Friday night. No, excuse me, it was after and church. Friday night. <laughs> and people that came in from church couldn't get in the restaurant because 30% capacity. capacity. Wow. They only had five tables in the restaurant. And, and that's that's a, all they could put out. That's the thing. So I was talking to a doctor friend of mine, I guess it was last night or the day before, I can't remember. But you know, he was he was concerned that, that some of this stuff is... Um, like we were talking about the nursing homes, you know, if, if government had not given out mandates and instructions on how people should react, sometimes people will actually be more proactive in, in protecting their loved ones. And so mm-hmm. like with nursing homes, like I'm in New York, the, the governor or whoever it was, or the mayor suggested or told them to put these people yeah, in, was cool. in, nursing, in yeah. nursing homes. And lo and behold, they killed a bunch of people in nursing homes. Whereas, you know, if they hadn't given out these directives, some of the people might have said, you know what, this is kind of getting crazy. I think I'm going to take my mother out of the nursing home because I'm afraid she's going to get sick and die. And so if Mm -hmm. people had just maybe gone with some of their gut feelings instead of the government giving them instructions when government just doesn't know what's going on, some of these people might have, their lives might have been saved. And so we, we, I think sometimes when government gives out directives, people will be given a false sense of security because sometimes... It is not reasonable to put a blanket set of standards for everybody because if you make it kind of halfway reasonable, it's not going to be strong enough for some people and it'll be way too weak for others. Yeah, and I just as a culture, the, uh, yeah. the blanket stuff is just not who we are. No, and it's, you know, it's we, not appropriate. America's about being, you know, individual. Okay, Dave, the shortest this <laughs> Okay, now give me that. Give me that. You like see, my mask? Not, but no, this is not fair. See, on the radio, the people out there on Facebook land can't, they see, can't so see, so see it. Can see. That's Dave Ellswick. Yeah. That's my mask. Yeah. She's got the Joker uh, smile on. So Corona is afraid that's, of him. Uh, you should see. I put 
I put sunglasses on. I'm always worried about what happened when I walk into a bank. <laughs> Jeez. Just saying. You know, you I know, haven't six worn months a mask ago, yet. you might have been arrested for doing that, walking into a bank, and now they might actually like mm-hmm. you better for doing it. They might. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Can't uh, figure it. They're, they're gotta, they got to be conflicted right now. Well, yeah. But, you know, it's uh, you have to do what's – and that's what America, again, is built on. It's, it's the freedom to do what your conscience dictates – and, uh, you know, it, and take you risks. can do that. And take risks. And take risks. The fact is that we take risks all the time. I think I was talking to my mom the other day. And much, lar- much larger risks than COVID-19. We do. And, and so I think I, think I was talking – I think it was my mother I was talking to the other day. Is that, you know, there may be some risk going to church mm-hmm. and hanging out with various different people. But you know what? Driving to church might actually be a greater risk. Sure. It is. You know, driving there. I mean, that's a pretty serious risk. How many people – will have died here in Arkansas during the same amount of time, or no, during a normal amount of time, uh, on the roads. Yeah. Compared you know what to, is a greater risk to America right now than COVID-19? Government overreach. It is, no. I think the greatest threat to America right now is the willingness of American citizens yes. to give up liberty for the sake I of this mis, this, this false and sense and of security. willingness has been I here agree. a long time, I'm afraid. I think, but the thing is, though, we have been doing that for a long time. We've given up liberty for crying out loud. You can't cut you can't cut your neighbor's hair and charge him five bucks without without the threat of <laughs> without a license. Yeah, right. without the government threatening to come in and arrest you if you don't mm-hmm. submit to them. You, you know, in and the, so uh, we we don't love liberty. We just yeah. we just submit to this foolishness yeah. and we let the government get away with it. No, you remember the in the story. Oh, yeah, story in the Old Testament of four leopards mm-hmm. uh, doing the, doing the uh, a siege of uh, uh, siege of the city. And they were sitting there. The folks inside the city were starving to death because, uh, you know, the armies outside the city mm-hmm. say waiting on them to come out. Mm-hmm. But there were four lepers who were not allowed to go in the city because they were lepers. Okay. And, of course, they couldn't go with anybody else. And so one of them said, hey, look, we got to do something. We can't just yeah. why sit we here and die. It's the famous line. Mm-hmm. If we go in the city, you know, they're starving in there. Uh, if we go to the Syrians, you know, the most they can do is kill us. We're lepers. We're going to die anyway. So let's do something. Let's go into and, and ask them to feed us. And, of course, when they got up and started doing something and God multiplied the footsteps and the, and the enemy thought that they were, you know, a big army that the uh, Israelites had hired and they fled and left all that food and, and stuff. So we can't just sit in place because if you sit here, you, you die of Corona 19 or you eventually going to starve to death because we're going to run our, our supply pipeline. It's going to run out. Somebody's got to go back to work. And so as people of faith, you know, who do we trust? And that's that's the point. Who do we that's trust? And that's right. not to say to be uh, presumptuous or foolish. We do follow uh, guidelines as much as we can to that degree, but you can't just sit there. Well, it's like I pointed out, and I was attacked for pointing this out, that the CDC in their latest uh, release said that your chances of dying of COVID-19 was about 0.03 percent it's really point uh, was a 0.256 percent and for those folks who said that i was making those numbers up i posted the cdc uh report live on my on my line you have been led to think that if you get covid it's a death sentence it is not it is not well you look at this some co- of the- you look at some of the numbers coming out of the prisons. 
I think there's probably some of the best numbers we can have because I think they probably did very extensive testing there. And like 96 percent of the people don't even have symptoms. Well, did you see the videos really of, of, the, of the prisoners getting together and coughing in each other's faces? Seriously. Hey, do you, well, this, I'm we not need to include that our Facebook audience. Just want yeah. you know, James Hawk said that he got put in Facebook jail for saying the very same thing that I just said about people being too willing to give up mm-hmm. liberty for the oh, sake yeah, of security. Oh, yeah, true. Yeah, the problem. That's true. The problem is, is the people don't have the foundation that they did when this country started. Whenever true. we, the Declaration of Independence said that we had God-given rights. Yes. We still have God-given rights. Life, there is liberty, pursuit of happiness. That's In fact, it. property was what they were going but, to say, but they changed it to pursuit of happiness. That's exactly <laughs> right. So there is a source of authority that higher than government. They recognize, our founders recognized that the authority that they had and the freedoms that were they that we have were given to us by God. And when you have that foundation, you have a rock to stand on, and you're not driven with the wind all right, we got to take a break, but let me just say to Jan, Jan, feel 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 privileged if they knock you off because you said something like that, or or mm-hmm. or your right. your uh, viewer, because the guy who said that first was Benjamin Franklin. That's right. All right. That's right. All right. He was one of the founding fathers, folks. All right. He said, <laughs> "Those who are willing to give up rights for a little security, in the end, will end up with neither." Mm-hmm. And that's exactly right. A break, 17 after 8. Traffic and weather here on the Dave Ellswick Show. We are back in the studio. You can watch us in the studio on uh, you know, Facebook.com slash Dave Ellswick Show. You can see everybody and all of our smiling faces. Yeah, we're all here. We'll look forward to talking more. Iverson Jackson, our, our uh, guest going on here during this uh, hour. Continuing the Dave Ellswick Show at 22 minutes after 8 o'clock on your Monday. feels good to be back in the studio. I've been missing this chair. My chair, the chair here is a lot more comfortable than that wood chair that I was sitting at at the dining table. That you know, you just, Usually you're eating so you don't notice it. But the bottom line is, is that it's much more comfortable here. And the show sounds better. It just moves along quicker and it moves along you know, more steadily and smoothly because we all can look at each other and we don't end up talking over each other. And, and we can make faces at each other, too, yes, we if can. we don't like what we're saying and you can actually see it. Yeah, and we can show pictures and stuff like that during the time that we're on the air. Iverson Jackson is here with us. Iverson, uh, we got a, a, a video from our lead pastor, Rick Bazette, mm-hmm. uh, yesterday. Because people are starting to get antsy for New Life Church yeah. to come back together. Yeah. And he said that the, they, that they we wouldn't start until phase two because I didn't know about all of these rules, supposedly, that if you're going to meet, you got to have you got to turn in a list of the people who've attended. Uh, wow. You got to you got to be in no bigger groups and certain groups. And you person's got, been violating. You got, yeah, he's been violating. Uh, you got to wear the people got to wear mask and you shouldn't be hugging. And Don't he just and you know what? You know what? He, he said, I just I'm not going to be that kind of a boss uh, for, wow. for worship. I'm just yeah. not going to do that. And so we'll start on, uh, you know, as far as two comes along. But you're right, Jan. I mean, look, for a, a restaurant to be right. over, it's 30 it's 30 percent. Yeah, you're a woman. Uh, 30 percent. You know, yeah. <laughs> oh. Hey, so, we just come. I just came up with a new meme. Be like Iverson. 
Yeah. Yeah. All the pastors be like Iverson. Yeah. Ignore the rules. <laughs> yeah. I don't. I rules. don't know if he wants to be put oh, out there that way. Well, but he's been violating the rules. Yeah. No, I don't think there's any rules. I think, I think there's suggestions or recommendations. Yeah, there's suggestions, point. recommendations, and and uh, we that's follow, what they are. We follow those to the degree that uh, we need it to. That you can. Yeah. And uh, and I think that's what each individual uh, parish, church, whatever you are, have to do. You look at your situation, your numbers, your. Um, you know, the way your layout is and you make a decision based on on that and the comfort level of people. You know, every individual still has to make up in their own mind, that's right. you know, whether I'm going to go, I'm not going to go. Some people are, you know, people are different. And that's what we're talking about here. Freedom. Mm-hmm. So the same thing applies even in a church setting. If you say, I'm not coming back until this whole thing is over, until the government says it. Well, okay, well, bless the you. Government's the government's never going yeah. to You know, right. then I got to do that. So, uh, you know, for each individual, you have to do what, what uh, your conscience dictates. And, and well, so you know, I understand where Rick's coming from. For instance, at New Life Church Cabot, where I go mm-hmm. to, we have three services, and each service is packed. Yeah. And we're looking at anywhere from 850 to probably 950 people right. at each service. Oh, wow. So I can understand where they're at as far mm-hmm. as that goes. But uh, still, uh, and I'm glad that the governor has made it not mandatory, right. but he has said that the churches should take it upon themselves to make those decisions, unlike in other states where they've been told they cannot right. meet. Cannot meet. Mm-hmm. And, you, you know, know, one of the underlying things there, more than really a health issue, is the legal matters. Uh, that's really what a lot of the, the uh, all the do this, do this, do this, do this, do this, because if someone says, I got COVID-19 at a church service, and they sue the church, and the church says, we followed the CDC guidelines, then, you know, they're not going to win that uh, the person suing the church is not. How can anybody say where they got something? I guess if that's the only place they yeah, went. You say, I, I didn't go anywhere. But it, it's really about, that's the bigger picture there, is mm-hmm. uh, protect legally. Do you think that we church. need to have, um, you know, laws passed that you can't sue about COVID-19? Laws passed that you can't? Yeah. Well, and do we have laws about anything else? and things of that nature. Do we have laws about that we, for the we, flu? I we, think we, we need fewer immu- laws, period. We, we give immunity to government officials when they break the laws, and that's, that's a bad idea. But, but I think there is maybe some reason to, to having some level of, uh, of of rationality when you're dealing with a situation like that. You know, if you have church in your home mm-hmm. and you invite anybody and everybody – and one person comes there who's sick, and they should have stayed home, but they did come anyway, and they get other people sick. Is there some reason why you should be sued? I think that's insane. Yeah. Go ahead, well, Artie. You have to use best management practices, just like he's saying, and then you have to go on with your life, just like they're talking about. If you're afraid of getting sued, my suggestion is stay home in bed. But besides, <laughs> that, besides that, you use best management practice, common sense, there's always going to be looters like we've got running and abusing the system. There's always going to be people that are sue happy that are looking for an excuse to sue people. So people just use the best management practices, follow your conscience. And most of the time, 
you know, the government does the right thing in those situations. Most of the time they do the right thing. And I do have to say, you know, when the governor put out his first directives and everything, he said this does not apply to uh, churches, that they can make their own decisions. So I, in, oh, in man. The See, we have to tell all so, these people uh, out in Facebook land, R.D. was being sarcastic when he said the government always does the right thing. We just well, want you to know they, they don't usually, know. They, say they, they usually never, do the right that's thing. 99% no, of the no, time. But, no. Think about where do we, as, as Americans, let's just speak of our culture, where do we usually go in times of crisis? Unfortunately, the the, that's right, the church. But we, unfortunately, church. people in America now think that the place to go when there's a crisis government. is the government. And right. that's, that's really wrong. Which is wrong. Which yes. has become the new God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, you know, we, we may We're say addicted. that. This, co- yeah. this country is sure. addicted to government, sure. big sure. government. Sure. No, and so every time there's a, a natural disaster, it's like we go to the government. We don't, you know, several years ago, there's a tornado, there's some tornadoes there in Bologna, or a big tornado in Bologna. And lo and behold, I think it was... Um, David Meeks at the time put out an put out a, a a thing on Facebook. Hey, we need people. We need men with chainsaws to come and clear the roads. Mm-hmm. So guess what? A bunch of us went down there instead we, of saying we need the government here and, to and clear so we, the roads. We got there pretty stinking quick. Yeah, but why why do we need the federal government to come in and bail us out? We every don't. Time? Maybe we do you not. do, but we don't. No, no. Iverson and I don't need the government. In so many <laughs> cases, why aren't we telling the federal government to leave? We don't need your help. Leave us alone, and we also don't want you stealing our money either. All right. Got a break. All right, have to break. Sean Hannity wants to talk, so I got to let him in here uh, to break up our conversation. When we come back, how should we handle uh, the death of Mr. Floyd here in this country? What should we learn from it? How should we move forward? I'll turn my attention to that with Iris and Jackson when we come back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. But first, let's get to uh, Sean. He's up next on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back. Dave Ellswick Show, 25 minutes until 9 o'clock. Iverson Jackson is our guest. Also in the studio, Paul Calvert is here. Artie Hopper is here. And Jan Morgan is here. The power panel is in today. First time in 11 weeks that we've uh, convened them. They'll be back next week, too. All right. They'll be back. Iverson, I've got a really serious question to ask. Yes, sir. If we go back, I was just talking when we started the show today that I, I saw this happen in 67 and 68. I remember the long, hot summer of 67. I remember the, the riots that happened after Dr. King was killed, after Bobby Kennedy was killed, and, and, and the craziness that was going on uh, in, in America. America was burning in 67 and 68. It's a true, that's a true statement. However, when you look back at like the Civil Rights yeah. Movement, the black church was front and center. Mm-hmm. It was a black pastor who was leading peaceful marches. Yes. yes. Where's the black church today? I'm not I'm mm-hmm. not seeing the black church in Minneapolis or in a lot of these cities standing out on the streets and saying, calm down. You know, I've said this for years and I'll continue to say it, that as the pulpit goes, so goes America. And we know that from the founding of this nation, not just the black church, but just the pulpit altogether, um, period. And and in the black community, if we'll phrase it like that, I don't necessarily like phrasing it like that. But in the black community, the church has, has traditionally been the voice of the people and the pastors have been. And, uh, you know, what has happened over the years is really the uh, so many pastors have just sold out 
That's just the truth of the matter. I was having this conversation with uh, another person a couple of days ago and asked, do we actually have, when was the last time, if we will just use the term, the black community had a real national leader? Now, in my opinion, that was Dr. Martin Luther King. I've not seen one, a national leader with the same respect uh, at, since Dr. King. Now, I do remember him. I, I, I am old enough to remember. I was in the first grade when he was assassinated. So the black church, and, and we can say it like this. I think any church, Dave, if you speak the truth, speak speak the truth, and you just got to get the scurdy pants, get up, take the scurdy pants off. You just speak the truth. Because if we read the Bible, there's no black church. There's no white church. That's there's correct. no there's Korean a church. church. It's just the church. And we know yesterday was uh, we, we celebrate Pentecost Sunday. Yeah, and baby. So, Part of what I said is there's no such thing as a Pentecost church or, you know, this church, that church, just the church of the Lord Jesus Christ that was born on the day of Pentecost. And we're, we are one body. So when we start speaking like that, whether you're black pastor, white pastor, you know, a lot of congregations are, are mixed. Thanks, God. And I hope they become more and more. So just speaking the truth, speaking the word of God and standing up. And then you don't have to be afraid of what the issue is. Because the truth doesn't care what the issue is. So you just mm-hmm. speak what is true. And, and what's true is that we cannot allow, um, you know, to look at people, as about Scripture says, we judge no man by the flesh, not even Jesus Christ. And so when every issue becomes a black and white issue, the church, the pastors should be saying, let's not make this a black and white issue. It's an issue of righteousness, unrighteousness, good and evil. Yeah, let's make it a heart. Let's make it issue. Because when I when I saw that that video, as everybody else, I mean, you go that that's outright murder. Yeah, and and that happened also to a. I was talking to one of our white congregants yesterday, mm-hmm. and uh, and he said, you know what what's not shown, not in that instance, but just a little while ago, that same thing happened to another man, but it was a white police and a white victim. The man, same thing happened. Uh, ne- Knee on the neck. Yeah, on the neck. Really? He I didn't died. even hear about that one. Well, That's the point. <laughs> yeah. Let me ask you this, sure. because you said there hasn't really been a, a, a leader, national, a black leader, national, national leader since uh, Dr. Martin Luther King. What do you think about Dr. Ben Carson? I think uh, with with the politics, because, you know, uh, with politics, and, and Dr. Ben Carson is a great leader. He's a godly man, though, he too. A, he absolutely he, a godly man. He refers man. to Christ. But, he, you know, his platform is not like Dr. King's was. Well, and, no, and because yeah. so, we're so divided now, mm-hmm. because he's, just say you're Republican. You can be a hero today and say you're Republican, and tomorrow, you know, my, mm-hmm. you're a traitor and everything else. Mm-hmm. And that's a problem, too, because if you don't have the courage to say, this is what I believe, no matter what you think about me, I'm going to believe what I believe, because you, you don't dictate what I believe my conscience you can't make me say uh, I'm with you just because just so I can be accepted in you know. So in your you still get a lot of flack from the black community. Do you get? If I do, because I don't you're know a Republican. About <laughs> oh, they don't have the guts to face well, you. Well, you know, whether they have guts or not, I just don't because I I have always just lived my life. What I believe mm-hmm. is what I believe, and I believe because I've I've been convinced by it, by the Word of God. And nothing that you say to me, nothing that you exclude me from. Uh, it's going to make me change that. And I, I do live. That's the way I live my life. And I have done that for 58 years. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to continue doing that. So uh, unless Jesus changes, I'm not changing. Dude, Got you're it. 58. You don't look 58. Well, that's what I was told. I can't say I'm 58. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I was told. <laughs> don't remember. Huh? Yeah. Let me ask, Forget my birthday. Let me ask sure. a question here. So 
during the time when um, King was alive and, mm-hmm. and, and preaching his message, it, it, isn't it true that the, the black community, their families were much more intact than they are Absolutely. today? Is that maybe a, a big factor in why there was a little more, uh, I don't know, well, uh, cohesiveness maybe? Yeah, that, that is the factor. That is the factor because what happened to the black family, of course, welfare is what mm-hmm. happened to the black family. The big factor. And then saying that you cannot have a man in That's the home. Right. Well, you take the man out of the home and you take the structure, you take the skeleton. Mm-hmm. You take the head out. You no, take what do you the have? head you have out. A body so so what do you have there? It's just left open to anything. My, my daughter, she was uh, going to college one time and she, she was, when she was going to college. And she was having some problem with the folks in the finance office. So she, and she's, now here she is, 18, 19 years old. And she said, I'm going to tell my daddy. She had a daddy to brag on. And they said, oh, man, we'll, we'll get it right. We'll get it right. Because they knew that she had someone to back her up. And so when you destroy the family, if you think about this, Paul, the first institution in the Bible is the marriage. Mm-hmm. It, it, is, it is the basic man fundamental man, foundation man. of society. That's, that's it. I mean, so you destroy the family, or you destroy that unit, the husband and wife unit, you have destroyed the we, family. We have. And, it's, and it's, that's what that's what it is. I think one of the things, like with the homosexual marriage thing, has come about, it wasn't a dead blow to the family. It was just a, a canary in the coal mine. It was like mm-hmm. the family was dead. Marriage was busted. And, and like, homosexual marriage came along, and it was just an indicator of it. Right. It really and, wasn't and that big we said in the last, uh, the last section, you've taken now God out of the picture and replaced it with Government, government, right, and that becomes very dangerous. It is dangerous, you know, because uh, you know, and the the statistics show that a family is better off with the father, even if he's a deadbeat dad. <laughs> just being in the home, the family is actually better off with a deadbeat, what we would call a deadbeat dad, than to have no father in the home yep. at all. Hey, even you know, if he's an alcoholic, the family is actually better off. Wow. Well, so my my grandfather used to tell a story about a fella in their community that. Um, was kind of a deadbeat. He had a problem with drinking, mm-hmm. and um, back then, some some of the local men they figured out, you know, this guy's not taking care of his family like he needs to. He's neglecting neglecting his wife and kids. He's not working like he needs to. And so, I, I think one night they they got out and they, um, in secret, kind of tuned him up a little bit. In other words, they beat the tar out of him. <laughs> tuned him up. That's a nice <laughs> way of saying and so, it. <laughs> and so his his um, his outlook on life was improved a great deal. Yes. And so he started taking care of his wife and kids a lot better. And, and it, it fixed his life. Absolutely. But yeah, and I obviously... Responsibility we, are not, right. we are not suggesting not you go out and beat up your neighbors. And tune people up. Yes. We're not advocating for this. But the fact is that it needed doing. The man needed needed to be fixed. And, and I don't trust government to handle that kind of situ- no. that thing. But... The fact is that families need to be looking out for each other and and dealing with situations and helping people to to fix their attitudes. And this guy needed an attitude adjustment, and it got adjusted. Well, communities used to police themselves. To some extent, I'm not condoning that. But communities used to police themselves. And there are people in this country, country that are against capitalism. They are against personal responsibility. They were against the foundation of this country was built on, which was God's word and personal responsibility. And those people have caused our government to incentivize bad behavior, to incentivize breaking the family down, and to incentivize people not taking responsibility for their lives. And we've got, just like Alice said that was on the show earlier, we've got to elect people that believe in personal responsibility 
and that are not socialists. Because if you look around the country, you know, look at I met a man from South Africa this weekend. Things have not gone good in South Africa lately because they have too much of a socialist view instead of a personal responsibility view, and uh, it just doesn't work. One of the things you were mentioning that that people have given up their trust in God and they've gone to the trust of government to to fix their problems. And one of the scary things about that is it's many of the people who actually attend churches, the people who lead the churches, who are actually Mm -hmm. promoting a bunch of this socialist garbage. Churches are the largest group of people in America not voting. Yeah. Wow. And, and, and some of it is just just that they won't take a stand and say that, you know, theft is wrong even when government does it. I mean, violence is wrong even when government does it. You know, the, the fact is that, that even if it's some sort of a – it seems like sort of a secular issue, like maybe we're going to make it illegal for someone to, to, to paint their house without a government permit or, or they're going to they – can't, they can't build a deck without getting permission from their local code enforcement office or, or they, they can't cut hair without a license. You know, that's a moral issue. They are right. moral issues. we got to take a break. Iverson was ready to talk. We'll pick it up yep. with him when we come back. 69 degrees in Little Rock. It's the Dave Ellswick Show, 14 minutes till 9. Only 14 minutes left here on the Dave Ellswick Show for a Monday. Looking out almost a week out, uh, I just talked to Bob Diener. You guys remember Bob Diener uh, is the man who stopped, uh, started uh, hotels.com sold it for several billion dollars and now started a new one called getaroom.com. He and I have been friends for nearly 20 years. He'll be on with us next Tuesday in the last half hour of the show to talk about what about vacation? He'll talk about what's going on about Florida and what's happening in Vegas and all of that. You don't want to miss that half hour. All right, you don't want to hear, you don't want to miss what Iverson had to say that I cut him off, but I'll uh, I'll let you go now. All right, I was going back to to we talked about Dr. King um, a little earlier, and I was going back to that. One of the things, and you, Dave, you also mentioned about what can churches do. Yes, Dr. King, they were involved not just you know protesting, but all the way through the policy and getting laws changed like that. I was looking at some things last night uh, about the, uh, the the killing of the young man. Uh, Mr. Floyd, and uh, the the guy putting his knee on his neck, and, mm-hmm. and so I called some friends of mine, friends of mine that were a policeman. Asked, "Do you get trained to do that? Mm-hmm. You know, are you trained to do that?" And, and then looking at that, uh, New York City had a standing law even when the thing happened with Mr. Garner. That's that right. They uh, they had outlawed that chokehold twenty years. Had been outlawed twenty years. You know, taking down a, uh, a, a suspect. A suspect like that. So things that, that the church has to get involved in this, this uh, phony baloney about, you know, you can't mix politics and religion. When has it ever been unmixed? If you, if you, if you, if you disconnect Mm -hmm. them, what do you have? You have an atheist, don't you? You you do. You you cannot, because who's the conscience of the politician? It's a moral decision we're talking about. And and again, uh, you know, it was, it was a, a politician, Herod, who tried to kill Jesus when he was a baby. And it was a politician, Pilate, who killed him when he was an adult? That's right. So you know the, the moral of that story is you don't get involved; they're going to kill you. Politics is morality. Yes, and, it is. and if you're not teaching morality in church, then what are you there for? Absolutely. And our founders knew that without, and and it was stated that without the morality, and, and of course the church has been the conscience of the nation, then we're going to make laws that are just against God, and and we we would not be the United States of America. This experiment would be over. You know, so people. And the churches have to get back involved, not just on the street, but get involved at every 
level in the policymaking, law decisions, and all those things. And you do that by electing godly people who mm-hmm. believe in the, the scriptures and the Constitution. And then holding them accountable. And holding them accountable. And then after you get them elected, you stay involved. You show up at the Senate hearing meetings and you hold them accountable after election. Psalms tells us that righteousness exalts a nation and it will work. And the opposite is if we don't, it will destroy our nation. So we we need to be involved in politics. And who's do we want? Well, do we want atheists? running our politics or we want Christian men. Well, you, and you look up the look at uh, I know that I know this may be a, a little bit off, but if you look at the makeup of Minneapolis and you look at who's in charge there, look at most of the places where things are really really bad, who's oh, in charge oh. there? You have people who Democrats ad, <laughs> admittedly uh, who just don't want God in the picture. Mhm. None. They don't want God in the picture. When you say, God, we don't want you in the picture, there's only one entity left whether you believe it or not. You know, you're catching hell because that's what you put your belief in. Uh-huh. I go along with that. Okay, before we so let you get away today, before you get away today, I'm going to ask Jan to talk about what's coming up to uh, a week from Sunday. Yeah, downtown Little Rock, Trump rally. Yeah. I'm speaking, Lieutenant Governor Tim Griffin speaking, mm-hmm. and uh, Iverson Jackson <laughs> is speaking. I think the AG speaking. And I think they're going to, yeah, AG speaking. And, uh, and I'll be the, I'll be MC. the MC. Yes. So I'm looking We're forward to doing it. a big day. That's the president's birthday, It is by his the way. birthday. Yep. And, and on that note, they're wanting people to send birthday cards to the yes. president, president in mass. Now, are, are we supposed to send them ourselves, or are we supposed to bring them with us to the rally, and, and then they're going to be sent as a big group. And would be better cards. send postcards rather than than actual letters. That they have letters, to be yeah, that they have to be right. You, don't ask me why are you asking me that. I'm not the organizer. <laughs> so I need to get rally. a hold of Joanne. Are you, you telling need me? to get in touch with Joanne. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just a speaker. <laughs> yeah, that's so also I, the online birthday card. But that's at also. two o'clock. That's true. That's at two o'clock Sunday, June the fourteenth, mm-hmm. downtown. Uh, well, it's in Little Rock at the state capitol on the steps of the state capitol. Yeah. By then, I hope that they've sandblasted. The stuff that people wrote all over the state capitol. Yeah, by then I hope all the protests are over yeah, with too. I sure hope that's the, ch- that's the case too. Mm-hmm. Because well, I know I know Black Lives Matter, all lives matter, as I say. But uh, you don't have to spray paint that no. on the on the sidewalk in front of the uh, the capitol. Can we put Iverson in the hot seat real quick on the yeah, whole, the whole Black Lives Matter thing and their and their movement? Uh, do you do you believe that Black people are disproportionately? Um, bullied by law enforcement well let me say it like this i don't know really a black man who who thinks that um who think let me say bully when i see a police officer Mm -hmm. and when most black men see a police officer i think they do flinch just a little bit Mm -hmm. you know because of your your personal experience my personal experience has has been such. I knew you'd had a personal experience, yeah, and yeah, you're like several, squeaky several, clean yeah, kind of guy. Experiences. So when you have that, then yes, you do feel like you've been targeted um, by that group of people. And I know a, a lot of friends that are policemen, state troopers, you know, local policemen. So yeah, you do you do feel you do feel that, and and that's something that has to change because if your if your a charge is to serve and protect, then you should not be in fear mm-hmm. of those who serve and protect. Now, let's just think about it in uh, uh, John the Baptist when he when all the people start coming to him mm-hmm. and the soldiers came to him and they said, well, what should we do? And he said, do no violence right. to any man. 
and be satisfied with your wages. And I thought about that uh, just in terms of, of, of you know, where we where we're at today. Sure. And again, we know that this is not all policemen. Right. That that scene, there was one bad. Well, four really bad cops. Right. And uh, it makes it look bad for everybody. But to answer your question, uh, yes, black men, I think, and, and most black people. Uh, they feel that way. Feel that way. Do you think that community policing could help resolve that? If if people in the black community saw police officers out and about in their neighborhood in situations other than an arrest, or mm-hmm. where and community policing has been effective in a number of communities, where officers are out, they're they're walking through the projects, mm-hmm. they're visiting with people, they're walking in neighborhoods, they're walking in downtown, visiting with business owners, and you get to know the police officer on your beat yeah. as a person. From a friendly standpoint, instead of you only see him when he's coming in doing an a raid. Adversarial. Or, yeah. Yes. And, and, and I, that's, a, that's a double-edged sword there because uh, sometimes that also breeds corruption. Yeah. Know, that mm. type of thing. So I know I, and I, and I don't know exactly what they do, but I know they kind of rotate them, the policemen through different things so the people don't. So, you know, so you don't have. I have thought about it from that standpoint. Yeah, so you have to watch that. So, now I don't know. I remember being in in, uh, in elementary school, as mm-hmm. most of you do, uh, back in the '60s, and and uh, the only time you saw policemen was when they came on career day and that type mm-hmm. of thing. Yep. So I don't know if we still do that or not. I know you see police cars at every school now, but mm-hmm. they're not in the classroom talking about safety and and making you feel safe around them. So mm-hmm. that has to change. A lot of things has to change with our. Uh, interaction between the public and police, not just in black communities, but in, in, in every community. Well, I can tell you, I flinched this morning when I saw police lights because he was coming this way and I was going that way. And yeah. I was I was speeding just a little bit trying yeah. to get here. So, so I think I think maybe one of the things that would help with some of this is if we had more consistent accountability, even on petty issues. Mm-hmm. And so, oh, yeah, you know, if, if police officers didn't do the professional courtesy thing when they found another cop, cop speeding, if they would go ahead and charge them with speeding like they do every the rest of us on a consistent basis. I, I think that would help with the with some of the fear and some of the the contempt, if you will. And, and I think just the the general like one of the things that, that I would like to see is when an, when an officer has evidence thrown out because he illegally obtained it mm-hmm. by searching someone illegally. Mm-hmm. If the prosecutors would go ahead and prosecute those police officers, I think that would actually add a lot of confidence to the system. Yeah, I think that would have uh, – uh, Trey Gowdy said this. He said if that police officer had been – had was you take him out of his uniform and he did the same thing, he would have been arrested on the spot. Oh, absolutely. So when, when that doesn't special, happen – Special treatment. Th- yes, then the people lose confidence in the force and, and then they take matters into their own yeah, hands and you have what we Trey have. Trey Gowdy, was, he's been very outspoken on this yeah. and rightly mm-hmm. so. All right, we're out of time, guys. Iverson, thanks already. for coming. Yeah, already. <laughs> we'll have you back on next week. Just plan on 8 o'clock right. on Monday, all right? Because right. we got to talk about what's coming up then on Sunday mm-hmm. uh, for the, uh, the president's birthday. Jan, thanks for being here. It's thanks. great to see you great again. Great to see you, too. Time flies when you're having it, fun. It does, it absolutely. Does. Or if you're a frog, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you get those flies when they're flying around. Anyway, Artie, thanks a lot. Yeah, Appreciate you. Thanks. And Paul, thank yes, you. We'll Appreciate you. you. We'll be back tomorrow, 6 a.m. by phone. Elizabeth will be here. And uh, let's see, we got Senator Bozeman on tomorrow on the Dave Ellswick Show. He'll be by phone as well. More coming your way uh, with Gallagher. He's up next here on 101.1 FM, The Answer.